Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the Gun, episode number 80. Man, we are getting there. Longer in the tooth. 80 episodes now in the history of ITG. It's time for our week two pick them here on your new favorite WVU football podcast. I am Wesley Euler with the best teammates in the business, the runaway beer truck down the sideline, Owen Schmidt and the signal caller, Jed Drenning. And of course, this episode of ITG, as always, brought to you in part by our friends at BetOnline, your number one source for all of your betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, football is back, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all your wagers, including live bets and all your favorite casino and card games available to play right on your phone. So head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE when you sign up for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V at BetOnline, where the game starts. And speaking of the games starting, Jed, you brought up this interesting point that we were kicking around before we went on air. Uh, before we get to our uh, week one recap and how we did in our picks there, you had any uh, astute observation about WVU and um, recent-ish history in some of these games that we've played against uh, Colossus teams, you know, like a top 10 Penn State uh, to open the season on Saturday night, like a top 10 Alabama like we did uh, a few years ago. Maybe some similarities when we played a team like Georgia and the Sugar Bowl as well, too. And I uh, just wanted to give you a chance to share that that we were uh, kicking around here with the audience. Yeah, well, what Owen and I talked about, you know, he called me Sunday morning after the game to, to catch up. We, you know, picked each other's brain and and uh, what I saw were there seemed to be parallels that string all these games against these blue bloods together. Uh, in other words, you have to play almost flawless football, not for 30 minutes, but for the balance of 60 minutes. And why? Because they're so rich in talent. They're so deep uh, that you can't afford to blink. They can blink all they want. They blink several times. They don't pay for it every time they blink, but it seems like we do. Uh, case in point against Penn State. We blinked the fourth or fifth play of the game, whatever it was. It was a 72-yard touchdown. Bam. Four. You can't yeah. blink. I mean, they're too talented. They're they're too explosive. They're too dynamic. So it seems like we're able to – so often the script goes, hang around. You, you, you get out to a tough, aggressive start and, and scrape your way through 30 minutes and see how you stand at halftime. And that's kind of what we did at Penn State. But in the second half, they leaned on us and leaned on us and leaned on us and made us blink a few more times. And the next thing you know, it's a 14-point lead and on down the line. Alabama, when we played them in Atlanta in 2014, it felt similar. It was 17-17 to 17 by virtue of the kickoff return right at the end of the first half. We've shocked them. It's still a ball game at halftime because it's tied. In the second half, they keep leaning and keep leaning. And eventually, you're going to blink. It takes so little for them to say, oh, now we're up seven, now we're up 10, now we're up 14. It's just so – that's why winning these games is so difficult. When Georgia faced Owen and those guys in the Sugar Bowl, we jumped out to that massive 28 nothing lead before anybody could settle into their seats. And what ends up happening? Despite leading 28 to nothing in that massive early lead, even by halftime, you're like, eh, it doesn't feel 28 nothing anymore. And with 90 seconds to go in the game – we're basically like, look, we got to find a way to steal this thing because if we punt to them, we're going to blow that 28 nothing lead and lose this game. Again, for 60 minutes, you just blink once or twice, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I remember thinking in the second half, 
man, Georgia scored too quick there. They scored too quick there. We're actually going to, this is going to evaporate. And but for Phil Brady and that fake punt that Owen was paving the way for, maybe that would have turned out differently. But the script seems to be when you're playing these teams, you come out of the gates and punch them in the mouth and keep punching and punching and punching and then look up at halftime and see where you stand. And in all three of those games, it was still a game. The other night it was 14 to seven. Alabama, it was tied. Even in the Sugar Bowl, we still had the lead, even though it had a different vibe to it. But as the game wears on, you just know you can't go 60 minutes playing perfect football. And when you play an imperfect snap against these guys, they're far more inclined to be in position to, bam, make you pay for it. And this game felt like that one. The difference being, Owen, you guys found a way to make just when things were about to prove to be too much, you made that one extra play to, to bail us out and actually win the game when they started leaning on us and making those plays. Yeah, and and just to go about the Sugar Bowl, I mean, that was such a overwhelming game because we were, I mean, you talk about a David versus Goliath. They weren't even mentioning West Virginia. Um, and then obviously Georgia, I mean, a powerhouse program, powerhouse football team. Um, multiple NFL players that come out of that joint every year upon the year. There happened to be Hurricane Katrina, I believe. That's why we were playing. The game got moved from New Orleans to Georgia. Uh, almost seemed like a home game for the dogs. Uh, but, yeah, came back, you know, just literally grinded it out. And uh, and the the magical Phil Brady play at the end of the, the guts that Rod had to, uh, to call a, a dang uh, fake punt at the end of the game. Now, I will say that, and then as far as when we were playing Fiesta Bowl, a lot of things went right that game for us. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of turnovers, right? They, a lot of f- coughed up fumbles. We had, a, I believe, a couple interceptions. Um, and really, bef- it was kind of like before halftime, uh, nothing was really going. You know what I mean? We weren't really getting much going on. And then I ended up uh, breaking that little trap uh, uh to the outside there and uh that was kind of like just what sparked us i don't know if that's yeah that's really how it worked but that seemed like that just kind of that's what we needed to kind of uplift but that's what happens when you play great teams you know and just like we did the other night with penn state you got to play sound football you can't have mental errors mental mistakes we had some procedural penalties uh and some and those you know just those little things that kind of come to bite you in the butt uh, at the end of the game when, when, you know, you need, you know, you need to play perfect. Uh, but that's how football goes, man. You know what I mean? Uh, unfortunately, we played those guys at the front end of the season, but, you know, I think we're, we're on track as far as what we can do. We have a great situation now to go play Duquesne fix those little errors, fix those mistakes. It's not a powerhouse we're going right into again. You know, get you a feel-good win. And uh, not saying that Duquesne's a slouch. I'm just saying we should, with the effort we played with on Saturday, and if we bring that same mentality and clean up a couple things on the on the, uh, on the the back end there, I expect us to win big. And uh, like Wes said, hey, now we're going – to play the start of the season against the Pitt Panthers. At home. 
season starts September 16th. I mean, the first two weeks were just a little, just a little preseason action for us. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy how that works. Um, I did like that, that kind of uh that little note there by Jed as well too, but yeah, you can't, can't blink against teams like that. I will say though, again, too, like this is, that's the best team you're going to play all season. Yeah. And it's, we talked about this in the previous episode. It's really easy to be hyperbolic after week one. You win and you're going undefeated and you're going to the conference championship game and you're going to go to the playoff and, and all these things. You lose and the sky's falling and the season's already a disaster. We're 0 and 1. Oh my goodness. And the, the real kind of, you know, water finding its level is somewhere in between there, right? Over a course of a, of a 12 game season, except for those few teams that do go on and have those magical 11 and 1, 12 and 0 type seasons. I'll say this though. Like I saw, I forget who it was, but I saw somebody tweet after, you know, after the fact, after the Penn State game that like the bad news for WVU is the schedule doesn't get any easier. And I understand the sentiment, like it's still a very difficult schedule going forward, but it literally does get easier. Like, that's the best team you're going to play yeah. all season. So, so you can look at that both ways. You can look at it and say, well, the schedule doesn't get easier in the sense of you've got Pitt in a couple weeks and then you've got the whole slate of the big 12. Um, but the schedule technically does get easier because that's going to be the best team you play all well, year. Let me tell you this, Wes. Pitt's Pitt, but even just a couple games after that, because I want to ask you guys a question real quick here before we move forward. But do you feel a little differently about Texas Tech and TCU after no. last weekend's games. No, no. I think one. they're still dangerous, but I think they have holes. I think I think I, I this is just a me thing. I put less stock into week one college football than most people that I know. They have no preseason. It's the transfer portal era. It's different coaching staff. I yeah. I, I I don't. I, Baylor saying, ba- Baylor went and lost TCU, to Texas State. Right. That doesn't mean that I think Baylor is going to be a disaster. First this year. Power Five game throw for five hundred yards against them. There is no way I would have told you that was remotely possible. No, with Josh Newton at corner, there is no way I would have told you that was possible. Crazy things. Crazy things happen in week one. It happened, I mean, man. You, like, I got to tell you guys something too. I, I forgot to tell you. I I got a Rashid Marshall got a hold of me, and respect too. I talked, I talked to Luke uh, Hamilton, their fullback, and and it was a yeah. it was kind of cool. He was wearing thirty four, and because of some special teams play, he he wore thirty five. And I just yeah. before the game, I kind of told him a, a tidbit of about you know the significance of that number with the state of West Virginia. But I I, I asked him. You know, we FaceTime and I said, man, I said, how you feeling? You know, he's like, well, you know, we're, we're, you know, we wanted to win. And I said, buddy, I get it. You know what I mean? I said, did you play your heart out? He's like, yeah. He's like, and uh, Blaine sent me a dang um, picture message. He had bent his face mask, right? So the kid, <laughs> played, you, know, you know what I mean? So the kid played his heart out. Uh, along with, you know, I saw the effort was there, but. I told him, I said, buddy, you just got to believe. You got to take what you guys took there. And I said, I was also telling Rashid, I said, I bet you there's a lot of sore butts uh, today in the locker room because he was like, they just got had gotten finished up doing their conditioning or whatnot on um, on Sunday. And I said, yeah, you should. I mean, that's how you should feel every game. I said, you guys take that same energy, that same intensity, clean that's up it. some things, go into next week, you know what I mean? get healthy, do your thing, get your win, and then go in the pit 
with that same atmosphere, that same attitude, that same that same ferociousness. This season will climb for you. You can believe. You can stack them. You can start to stack them now. But I forgot to tell you guys that. That's uh, good. I thought that was a cool little. Uh, this was the uh, first time I won. I got to. I, I was thinking about this as we did it. First time I ever got to run out of a locker room with Rashid. You know. Yeah, nice. which is kind of neat. You know, nice. we we've been in each other's lives for so long, but but it's the first time in that environment in that setting that you know because he's obviously in there in his new capacity and all that. But, but what I wanted to ask you guys, I can't believe we haven't hit this yet, and this is midweek already. Quick thoughts before we jump into our picks or recap our picks. There was so much controversy. I know what my thoughts are. At the end of the game, of course, America was very tuned in with the points. Oh spread yeah, I can't. That's right. I can't believe we didn't talk about this on the previous Franklin. episode. Yeah, that's, here's that's my bad. Take. It's bad hosting duties by me there. Here's my here's my take on. Okay, and then I want you guys to pitch in as well. I I, I kind of agree with Neil on that. It it doesn't bother me. I I, I think it's he, he's in competition. Look, there there's already the D bag of the year award for coaching in Pennsylvania. You're not going to overtake it. All right, we already know who the D bag of the year is. Okay. Now well, you might to be, be fair. I mean, dis- they're they're like president and vice president. I mean, they're, well, they're in a league. They're in a league of their own. But Mr. Narduzzi for D bag of the year and and Pennsylvania. But first of all, we got to play defense. We got to stop it. Okay, and, and it, it almost I almost feel like if I'm coaching, I take a knee. I don't do that. But that doesn't mean you have to. And I kind of part of me is almost happy that it gives me one more thing to be pissed off about. It gives me one more thing to be upset over that that you that you decided for whatever curious reason when, when so many people wouldn't have to do that. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm not necessarily going to fault you for doing it. Part of me is glad that he did because now, and, and people are saying, Oh, well, it's, you know, he's trying to win a popularity contest, get into the playoff. No, if you lose to Michigan or lose to Iowa state, nobody's going to look at it and say, well, he did beat West Virginia 38 to 15 instead of 31 to 15. Go ahead and put him in. Let's put you over the hump. No, you got to win the games that you choke in and haven't won. Winning, scoring an extra touchdown when the game's decided in the final seconds against West Virginia isn't going to matter. What you need to do if well, you're James Franklin is stop winning the games you should win, and for the first time in your career, win a couple games you shouldn't. That's going to get you in. Jed, you're right, but to play devil's advocate with you, we all know how this works. Like style points do matter in college football. So hypothetical for you here, right? Penn State goes eleven and one. They split with Ohio State and Michigan. They win. They win every other game. They go eleven and one, and it's the end of the season. And there's six teams that are in consideration for those four spots. And you yeah. guys know how this works. They go over that entire schedule with a fine tooth yes. comb, and one of those talking heads sits there I on the show. To people on the committee about how they do it. One of those. They're going to have a conversation. Honestly, Wes, this is based on what Ollie told me when he's on the committee. They're not going to just look at the score and say, well, they beat West Virginia 38 to 15. No, they'll have a very thorough conversation. Man, that was a tough game, and they punched that extra one in to make it look worse than it but actually was. The committee will have that discussion. They will. But for James Franklin's standpoint, say, say WVU, we end up having a season, we go six and six this year, five and seven, something. Let's say five and seven, same as last year, right? You know there's going to be somebody sitting there in the committee that's saying, well, Penn State only beat WVU by 15 points, and they're not very good. I mean, I don't know. Like, I I, I think there's some merit to 12 weeks from now when they're having these conversations, looking back on it and saying, ah, they beat WVU by three touchdowns as opposed see, to two possessions. The committee will be saying, wait a minute now, they beat WVU by 23, but really, we take deep dives. We know it wasn't that kind of game. Remember what they did at the end of that game? 
that conversation still still better still three touchdown victory better than a two touchdown victory again especially if we end up you know finishing 10th or 11th in the in the big 12 or something like that um interesting you know interesting but i i don't i don't i don't hate it because again i just that's you touched on everything you're allowed to stop them but I just that's the nature of the in college football style points matter and winning a game by three touchdowns instead of two touchdowns against a power five opponent oh, at the end of the season that ball, might be something that works in your favor when I played ball in Germany Owen one of the things that struck me before I played in a game I attended some games in the German Federation with some teammates and whatnot and I saw one that was just a completely mismatched game and it was like 58 to 7 and the team that was up 58 to 7 got the ball back with about a minute and a half to go and it was like on their 25, they started using their timeout. So it went in two minute O to score, to make it 65 to seven. They drove the field. <laughs> and I looked at these guys. I'm like, what are they doing? And these Germans looked back at me like, what are you talking about? They're trying to score. I'm like, yeah, but what are they doing? They're like, well, what do you mean? They have the ball. They're trying to, that's what you do. And so it's just, it's an American thing to think, hey, you take a knee and it's almost, it's almost more impressive to say we could have, but we chose not to. That's almost more impressive. Because it's almost an act of desperation. We scored 38 because we couldn't possibly under any circumstances score 39. You know, it's it's almost more impressive to take the high road. But anyway. I no, I thought. hear you there. And plus, we got to remember, he did, uh, with that touchdown, it did cover. Uh, cover. So, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. in today's world, with all the sports betting, uh, you know, is he getting a little <laughs> envelope in his mailbox yeah. tomorrow? Who knows? Well, I'm not uh, saying that, but who knows? But, I, but, but I'm going to say this, Jed. There is a football etiquette. That might sound old school. In my opinion, I'm just saying, even at the high school level, uh, we'll have these conversations over the headsets. Hey, should we punch another one in? I'm like, guys, we're it's over. Let's take the knee and get these guys out of here. What what's the what's the what's the point of hey, what happens if we run one more play and yeah. dude blows the It would almost make more sense to me if it's 1980 and it's people looking at final scores and voting on it. But that we are so far removed yeah. from that with these thorough, vetted, in-depth. Okay, how they doing first down of that game? How they doing second down of that? They know everything about every game. So if it was thirty years ago, that almost makes a little more sense to me with the beauty pageant of who's one and who's two. But we are so far removed from people just looking at scores that I mean, these guys sit in committee rooms for three straight days and hash out every snap that was taken. So it's not nineteen eighty two. And it's not decided like that anymore. But again, part of me, if you said, Jed, okay, you choose. Does Penn State go for it here or not? I would almost choose they do because I like being pissed off about it. <laughs> In a weird way, I kind of like being pissed off. Well, about it's it. some firepower. Yeah. It's just another, it's just a, hey, thanks for the salsa to add to the chips. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and you got to take that, man. You got, I hope the team understands. See, and that's what happens when you're around competitors. That should piss you off. Yep. That should piss you off. And if the defensive coaches aren't saying something about it in the meeting rooms too, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So yep. whatever. Hey, maybe maybe we're saying yeah. at the end of the season, thanks for the salsa. Who knows? 
poor, yeah, poor, poor Duke Quesney might get a little extra dip on their chip this Saturday night. At- <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will say I like how the schedule falls much more before we get into uh, how we did last week here real quick. Last year, man, the schedule – and it's funny. I mean, we're talking about this again. Like, obviously, the schedule doesn't do you many favors this year. But last year, you had to open in that emotional, charged, close game, heartbreaking loss to Pitt, right? And then you had to come back home and face a Kansas team that was really unknown, and they had played an FCS the week before, and they didn't show anything, and you had showed everything against Pitt, and the C.J. Donaldson, you know, cat was out of the bag and and all these different things. Hmm. Um I like how it falls this year more so in the sense of, you know, you got some sore butts, like Owen said, after the Penn State game, but you're not walking into a buzzsaw week two. You're not walking into a Kansas team that has a, a bunch of tricks up their sleeve and still hasn't shown their fastball and, and is a revamped program and has a legit quarterback and, and all these different things. And it's, it's just kind of waiting. Up with, with Kansas West was what TCU just got hit with with Colorado. You're exactly right. A little, a little bit. And, boys, what I'm hoping Pitt gets hit with because they play Cincinnati this weekend. They didn't have to show anything against Wofford, obviously. But it's the first time they've played Cincinnati in a decade. Old school rivalry. Hopefully that's knockdown, drag out, emotional, all those different things. And then you got to, you know, get on a bus six days later and get ready to go play the Mountaineers. But um, it, it's, a, it's a good time, I think, to, to have some some sore butts and, and lick your wounds and uh, and take care of business. You can't take Duquesne lightly. You can't take anybody lightly. Um, but, but take care of your business, get to, get to halftime healthy and with a comfortable lead. And then as the joke, we continue to make season really starts September 16th against douchebag of the year. And those pit Panthers, don't worry, James Franklin, you could have scored seven touchdowns at the end of that game, buddy. And we still got your back in the fight with Pat Narduzzi. All right. You still, you still got us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Still got us on your side for that. Still not get you. There's three votes right here that you're not going to dislodge. That's That's exactly. That's we, we are, uh, what do they call it? We're, we're partisan party voters, right? It doesn't matter. The candidates, the, the the candidates, the issues, all that doesn't matter. All right, we're voting Pat Narduzzi for 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 Pennsylvania D bag of the year every single year, no matter what. <laughs> we're just checking that box and all red or all blue or all F U, whatever you want to label. Oh it. boy, oh boy. This episode of ITG also brought to you apart by our friends at Toothman Ford, folks. We love Toothman. You love Toothman. They take care of the Mountaineers. Make sure you uh, support. Uh, those who are doing such great work for our student athletes. And we all know cars cost less in Grafton. All right, Jed, before we get to break here, uh, how did we do last week? One week in the books, early days here, right? Just kind of like we're talking about with some of these teams, the going to be a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs as the season rolls along, but you got to start somewhere. How are we looking after uh, one week of results? Okay, now for a quick recap, I pick passing offense of the week, which team throws for the most yards. Signal caller, yep. Owen trust Owens, pick, Owens the beer truck rushing the points. I do I do defense, defense least amount of points and Skyler does offense most most amount of points. now what you're first going to be again you need to get on YouTube and check this out because you're going to see Skyler's beautiful new graphics as opposed to the graphics I did last year that looked like they they came from a kindergarten uh, class project <laughs> uh okay so I picked Texas Tech to throw for the most yards in the big 12 as a team uh, in week one uh, now, remember the scoring system. If you hit it and you get first place, if you're right, that's seven points. And then you lose points each way down. If you finish in the top five, you at least score. Well, I'm bringing that up because I barely finished in the top five. Uh, leading the way in the Big 12 was Cincinnati. You just mentioned Cincinnati. The aforementioned Cincinnati, new starter in Emory Jones. 
They had 438 yards passing as a team. Again, we're doing this as teams, not individuals. Number two was Oklahoma against Arkansas State, the Fighting Butch Joneses, 422 yards. We'll get into that here more in a minute. Uh, excuse me, number two was Baylor with 426. Number three was Oklahoma with 422, still the top three there. Number four was Kansas State. Will Howard comes out strong against SEMO in a blowout win, 360 yards. So that means Texas Tech comes in at number five on the road in Laramie and a double overtime loss to the Wyoming yeah. Cowboys, 338 yards. I was actually listening to the end of this game as uh, Coach Wallace and I were sitting in traffic two hours after our game ended. We were still in gridlock listening to the very end of this. So I finished in fifth place, so that means I get one point. Uh, Owen, your beer truck team of the week last week, you picked Oklahoma against Arkansas State to run for the most yards as a Big 12 team. Here's how it shook out in the Big 12. The top rushing team in the Big 12 last week was Central Florida. Welcome to the Big 12, Central Florida. 389 yards for Gus Malzahn, Herb Hand and Company against Kent State. 56 to 6, they won. Number two. Big drop-off, 262 yards, TCU, in a losing effort to Colorado. Number three, Kansas, 245 rushing yards in a blowout win over Missouri State. Uh, number four, Cincinnati, 229 yards. So I tell you what, poor Dean Hood, Eastern Kentucky, an old buddy of ours from Glenville, from the Glenville days. Uh, Cincinnati, 66-13 with 229 yards rushing against Eastern Kentucky. Number five, did I want to make the cutoff? Number five, the Fighting Wildcats of Kansas State, 228 yards against Southeastern Missouri. Owen, oh, you came in, you were close. Number six, 220 yards by Man, Oklahoma. You, it, let me tell you something about that game. 642 yards total offense. Who would have thought that Oklahoma was going to throw for roughly almost 400 yards? I agree. I mean, so you, you almost, not only that, but there's a log jam right in front of you. I mean, you had 220 yards at Oklahoma. Number five was 228. Number four was 229. Number three was 245. So close, but zero points. Now, Skyler, welcome to the fold. Skyler's involved in the action. Skyler predicting the Big 12 offense of the week. Which Big 12 offense will score the most points? He picked Central Florida against Kent State. How did he fare? The highest scoring offense in the Big 12 through in week one? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. 73 points against Arkansas State in a 73 to nothing win. Oh, poor Butch Jones. You see him on the sidelines of that game with his player yeah. trying to console him. Oh, you feel bad for Butch. The second most points scored by a Big 12 team, Cincinnati in a 66 to 13 win. Uh, against Eastern Kentucky. And number three, Skyler comes in with Central Florida at number three, 56 points. He picked Central Florida. He finishes number three. Points awarded to Skyler for his pick, three points for his Big 12 offense of the week. And, guys, that about wraps it up for the week. That's uh, that's really all the picks that we had. And uh, so anything else you want to talk about? Oh, wait, there's one more. Oh, wait, there's one more. There's oh, okay. There's one more. Okay. I forgot. Sorry. My bad. There is Wes's pick for Big 12 defense of the week. Last week, which defense would allow the fewest points? He picked 
the Kansas State Wildcats, defending Big 12 champs in their opener against Southeastern Missouri State. Okay, here's how things went. Number one, fewest points allowed by a Big 12 defense. A three-way tie. There were three shutouts pitched in the Big 12 this week. One we just mentioned by Oklahoma, 73-0. Over the fighting Butch Joneses of Arkansas State. BYU shut out Sam Houston, 14-0. That's kind of weird. That game had a weird vibe. And the third shutout, Kansas State shutting out Southeastern Missouri, 45-0. So even, it's a three-way tie. And I thought maybe I should say, hey, biggest point differential is the tiebreaker, so Wes gets second. But no, I was fair. I was like, hey, even if you tie for first, that's still first. So West hit it. He was the only one of us to hit it. Uh, which means he's awarded the full seven points. If you hit it and win, you get seven points. Even if you finish second, it drops to four points with our point system. So winning is big, as it should be. Uh, now, this is the first time, because I saw last year's picks, Wes didn't have a shutout last year. This is his first shutout. So That's it. Uh, big shutout for Wes. He takes the early lead through week one. So, guys, that was fun. And uh, Wes, I'm going to toss it back to you for your thoughts. And I want you guys to bounce this back and forth. And, and you well, can enjoy and have at it. Gentlemen, I mean, you know, there's a famous story. I believe it was the 1984 NBA All-Star Game. And there was the, you know, those three-point contest and dunk contest were pretty big deals back then. And Larry Bird famously walked into the locker room and looked around at all of his peers, The you know, the other 15, what, maybe 30 best basketball players in the world. And he goes, all right, well three-point contest tonight which one of you guys is finishing second and uh then Larry the legend went out there and won the three-point contest so now nah, you know another year of pick them which one of you guys is finishing second <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> all right I'm sorry I feel like Tiger Woods out here I'm just pacing the field all right just try and keep well, up. I will say hey credit where credit's due with 14 teams it's not quite it's it's difficult it's difficult it's, it's tougher now you nailed it it's like I said, you had to pick one of the three that pulled a shutout, and and, and three unusual anyway. I will say it feels like Skyler and I are at a little bit of advantage in these early weeks because you can just kind of look at all right, who's playing the FCS schools or you know the G five schools and kind of go from there. But I guess you guys can do the same thing too. Yeah, so I was gonna say last year was different. Like Owen and I had to pick a player. We changed the rules to team. Right. Like, like Owen said, right. if if you told me Oklahoma was gonna beat Arkansas State seventy three to nothing. I would have picked them as the rushing champion. Right, right. right. Dude, I couldn't believe it. I that was like, these dudes absolutely slayed it in the air. And I'm thinking to myself, no, they're going to run all over this team. Uh, that's what you get. I guess I'm sitting at we the do. bottom of the barrel. Boys, like we said, week week one, oh, week one is week one of college football is Forrest Gump. Box of chocolates, never know what you're going to get. <laughs> just just try and just try and hang around, right? And and uh, and don't lose don't lose the plot there week one. So there's where we're at. One week down in the books, uh, still plenty to go here. That that leaderboard could certainly change. I could be eating my words by the time we get to the end of this thing. But we will uh, we will keep you posted, obviously week by week here as we roll along. We got to get to a break here. We come back on the other side. We'll make our week two picks as we look ahead uh, to another big full slate of uh, of Big Twelve football. Wesley Euler, Jed Drenning, and Owen Schmidt. You are in the gun. 
Nobody supports the blue and gold Mountaineers like Toothman Ford. With over 20 NIL deals and counting, Toothman Ford continues to rally behind our student athletes. And it's time we rally and support the dealer that supports the Mountaineers. Not only does Toothman Ford offer the best prices in the state on pre-owned, their never-over MSRP campaign on new Fords guaranteed to save you thousands. Drive with pride all season long, knowing you're supporting the dealer that fuels our Mountaineers. Toothman Ford, where cars cost less. In Grafton and at ToothmanFord.com. For more West Virginia Mountaineer football content, be sure to follow us on Twitter at In the Gun Podcast. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyd's of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations, with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. Let's go, Mountaineer fans. You're tuned in to In the Gun with Wes, the runaway beer truck, and the signal caller. Back in the gun here as it is time to make some week two picks here as we look around the slate of Big 12 games. Uh, we'll start with Owen here on this one. Owen, of uh, to remind you guys once again, the runaway beer truck, the which team in the Big 12 is going to rush for the most yards here on the ground in week two. Big O, where are you going, partner? It is what it is, boys. I'm taking our Mountaineers, baby. Let's go. I think that's a good pick. Uh, Duquesne, obviously, a team in the Mountaineers. It's probably going to try and play it close to the vest and run the football and, you know, get some touchdown drives and comfortable lead and keep the defense fresh and, and all those different things. Big O stays right at home and goes Mountaineers to rush for the most yards in the conference here in week two, of course, hosting Duquesne six o'clock on Saturday night. Jed, the signal caller himself, he tells us which Big 12 offense is going to throw for the most yards in these uh, week two slate of games. Jedger, where are you going? Uh, TCU's got nickel state. I, I, I built out of that pretty quickly. I thought about Dana and the fighting Houston Cougars at, at Rice and uh, they weren't the, the high-flying Danas of old. Uh, they found different ways to beat uh, UTSA last week. Texas is on the road to Bama. I mean, I, I think they might have some production, but come on, I'm not doing that. I, I tinkered with Texas Tech at home against Oregon under the lights. That was tempting because I, I could see that maybe being a high-flying, high-scoring game and in which they'll be in a trail position. Uh, but instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lean towards Oklahoma for the second week in a row to have production through the year. Uh, Owen talked about what they did last week. Now, I almost didn't do it because they were so dominant in the year against Arkansas State. But, guys, they only threw 33 times against Arkansas State. What's crazy is they were 30 for 33. They had a backup quarterback in Jackson Arnold who was 11 for 11. Now, 
say what you want. I did not expect Arkansas State to be that overmatched. So I think part of that might be the continued maturation of Dylan Gabriel in that offense, the Jeff Levy offense. And and uh, so I'm expecting some some decent things out of Oklahoma uh, against SMU. They face SMU again. I mean, this is the same SMU team that a year ago gave up over five bills against Dana and the Houston Cougars through the air. So uh, I think that Oklahoma is going to find a way to play some pitch and catch. Uh, they had five guys over 50 yards receiving and that blowout win over Arkansas State. So I think they might be hitting their stride through the year. Of course, they'll have a balanced attack, but I do think that that SMU might score just enough to allow Oklahoma to keep putting it in the air to separate before they put the game away. So I'm going to go with the Sooners. Always a uh, a well-educated pick when you take the Oklahoma Sooners to uh, to do well on offense. With the exception of last year, that's something that we've seen an awful lot of. Certainly saw it week one and could continue this week. Before I get to my defense of the week, our guy Skylar Callahan, right? Uh, host here on the podcast. Uh, occasional host, all-time producer here of In the Gun, if you will, for for our guy Sky. He is staying right at home as well, too, like Big O. He's going with WVU as his Big 12 Offense of the Week to score the most points against those Duquesne Dukes, you know, Pittsburgh's foremost collegiate athletic program there in Duquesne, of course. Can't really think of anybody else that would be in the conversation um, as they make that. that that's the, the, the backyard brawl, right? I think that's what they call that between that that Pittsburgh athletic program. And, oh, wait. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Skyler taking the Mountaineers as well, too. So we've got WVU from Owen and Skyler. We've got Oklahoma from Jed. I'm going to use a little Jed logic on this one. I think Jed alluded to this a little bit earlier, you know, talked about how, um, I mean, you want to talk about a team that's got to be stewing right now, a team that ran into a bit of a buzzsaw and something they didn't expect week one TCU, right. Uh, getting shellacked in the national championship game, right. 63 to seven, I think was the final score, right. Jet 65. I know you talked about that on our previous episode of ITG, uh, and then you come back home against this Colorado kind of darlings of college football right now in a way, and they end up taking it to you. I mean, it's a close game. It comes down to the wire, but they end up beating you at your own stadium uh, when you were a multiple touchdown favorite. Uh, they got to be stewing at TCU right now. Lost, you know, They've lost their last two games. I know one dates back to last year, but both, I mean, you could say in embarrassing fashion, right? You get blown out. I mean, just just boat raced by Georgia in the national championship game. And then this Colorado team with a brand new roster, with a brand new coaching staff who won one game last season uh, comes into your stadium and beats you to open the year as again, as, as multiple touchdown underdogs. I got to think TCU's ticked off. I got to think they're looking around and saying, all right, we got to get this bad taste out of our mouth. These, you know, from the way last season ended to the way this season has started. And they're at home on Saturday night against the mighty power Nichols Colonials out of the Southland Conference who lost their first game of the season to Sacramento State. So well, we laugh about this if we do. It's like the Duquesne thing, right? Like, I don't want to poo-poo Duquesne. They've, they've got a lot of, of athletes and coaches who take it very seriously and are dedicated and work hard and all these things. And we know what college football is. In some of these games, you get a huge gap between teams. And uh, Nichols against TCU is one of those. It's a night game at Ammon Carter Stadium again, so they'll be jacked up and ready to go. Uh, and like I said, I think looking to get a bad taste out of their mouth against a a zero and one already uh, Nichols Colonials team. So I will go with TCU 
slight edge because I was thinking about picking WVU as well too, but I'll go TCU for my Big 12 defense of the week. Wes, you think that this offense from Nickel State that mustered 24 points against Sacramento State isn't going to be quite as – I actually played in a past life dating myself. I, I played in the late 80s at Nickel State in Thibodeau. I, I should have known you Perry did. Jimbo at Sanford. But uh, I want to get one final number. Uh, Skyler, text me as we speak because I want you to be a part of this too. Just for entertainment purposes because we have to. You have the Cyhawk Bowl. Iowa, Iowa State. I want to yeah. get a total number of points in that game. Everybody's guess. Everybody's guess for total number of points in that game. I'll go first. I'm going to say 30. 30 total points scored between the two teams. Who wants to go next? 27 and a half. Oh, wait, sorry. This is an Iowa State's locker room, and we're talking about gambling lines here. Um, 20, <laughs> 27, 27, pardon Five me. Five-card culture. 27, 27 for Wes. Hmm. Okay. I will go with – Is he going to price his right us again here? I'm pricing. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Jed, you picked 30? 30. 30. I'm going to go 36. Whoa, 36. Now, bear in mind, wasn't last year in the Cyhawk Bowl uh 10 to 7 shootout, I believe, which was very typical of the Cyhawk Bowl. Uh, well, okay, here comes Skyler. He must have known last year's score. Skyler comes in, his total point to pick is 23 points. I love it. 23 love points. It. We'll revisit this next week and see who came closest. 36 Sweet. for Owen. Owen, why do you go 35? I should have went 31, but I just I didn't know. I don't know. I'm 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 thinking it's gonna be different. Okay. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> oh man. It's no always reason. a lot of always always a lot of fun here to do these pickums. Yes, Iowa, Iowa State. That no, sorry. What's wait, say that again? What's the name? The Cyhawk Bowl, right? The that's Bowl. that's the that's, that's, that's and the yep, Hawkeyes. and the and the, and the Hawkeyes, yes. Um, the <laughs> the Steelers versus USC knockoff jerseys bowl, maybe there and and Iowa as well too. Um, so there's our picks for uh, for the week uh, for our Big Twelve pick them. Let us know what you think in the comments. Get involved. You can give us your picks if you want to as well. Keep track of how you're doing throughout the season, but we'll obviously continue to uh, to keep you guys updated. Big week here on the podcast uh, tomorrow. We're going to have our, our Phil Thursdays, Phil Steele, great reception on the first episode there with just one of the absolute czars, um, the mayor of college football. Uh, if Paul Feinbaum is the mouth of the South, Phil Steele is the knowledge of the North. I just made that up on the spot. We're going to roll with it. I like it. Um, so Phil Steele every Thursday, this Thursday and every Thursday on the podcast will always be a lot of fun to hear from him. And obviously on Friday, our, uh, our full preview of that Duquesne tilt uh, coming at you as well, too. So, folks, we got our new format this season. We got an episode dropping for you almost every single day throughout the week. Uh, four episodes every single week to get you ready for the Mountaineers uh, each and every game day and all those days in between. But that'll do it for us today. Thanks to our guy Skyler for putting this together, as always, for us. Reminder about our podcast feeds. You want to be subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Doesn't matter if it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Spreaker, Clipper, all these different platforms, Audible, whatever it might be. We have two podcast feeds right now. 
There's one that has our traditional in the gun logo, like the one that I'm wearing on my t-shirt right now, if you're watching on YouTube. And then there's the one with Owen hurtling that poor soul from Rutgers as well, too. You want to subscribe to the feed that has Owen hurtling Rutgers, okay? That's the Believe feed. That's the one that's going to exist in perpetuity. Eventually, our uh, our crossing streams here will get, will get corrected. We're grandfathering everybody in, giving you time. But I know we're kind of beating this dead horse, but we want to make sure you guys are, are getting all the content that we're putting out there. So make sure you're subscribed to the right podcast feed as well, too. It's the one that we put out in all of our social media links as well, so you can find it there in all of our social media posts. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube and uh, checking out all the great graphics and the production that, that Skylar's doing for us and, and Jed's helping put together uh, with the numbers and everything as well, too. That will do it for us on this edition of ITG. But like I said, still two more episodes to go this week, so plenty coming at you for Jed Drenning and Owen Schmidt. The one thing that we ask of you is to be in ear and tell an ear about your new favorite WVU football podcast. I'm Wesley Euler. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. You've been in the gun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.